Hey guys, uh, I was listening to uh, one of my podcasts and they were talking about how the um, listen numbers drop during uh, the last week of the year. Isn't that interesting? Because um, people still would listen on um, holidays and such, but the last week of the year, they don't listen. I mean, personally, I listen to podcasts when I'm in the gym. So maybe people aren't going to the gym or work and they don't have <laughs> the allocated time for listening. Or maybe they listen to other things like Christmas music. Yeah, but it's after Christmas. Or they were getting ready for the New Year's. I think everybody's just hangover. <laughs> for a whole week. What did they put into their eggnogs? You start drinking on Christmas and you stop at... New Year's. <laughs> so, as a as an um, as a brilliant mathematician, I have calculated this, that the episode we are recording will be on the uh, on the period on that period. So, um, I thought maybe we can instead of doing something about a current technological event that people won't listen, we can do one about a movie that is vaguely snow related. <laughs> <laughs> And um, kind of sci-fi. So that yeah, kind of sci-fi because we are technically a technological podcast, <laughs> but also with a social angle because we are that too. And so that people would be inclined to listen even after the holiday season, because the movie is still the movie, and weather <laughs> will still be cold. What do you guys think? Do Do you want to talk about the movie that we have watched in order to prepare for this episode? Yeah, I, I think that's a oh, great I thought idea. Others will be joining me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so then, um, mm-hmm. our uh, our somewhat awkward introduction aside, um, today, dear <laughs> listeners, we have a special episode for you in order to commemorate the special time of the year. Uh, we are going to talk about the movie Snowpiercer. 2013 movie. Yeah, the not the, not the TV show like like it's a Netflix show actually, not a TV show, not the Netflix show, which is interesting with uh, good visuals and good themes and such. The movie, which is different on those regards. I mean, I you okay. So maybe we can first uh, talk a bit about what is in the movie, and then we can talk about what we think about the movie. And as always, if you think this particular deviation from our regular format is more fun than the actual episodes feel free to comment on our social media so that we can do more of these in the future so mr binary what do you, like what happens in the movie well snowpiercer is about a class re- class rebellion that takes place in a may hmm, i don't know how to explain it actually hang on Train. Let me think this over. Like chuf chuf. Chuf chuf. Well, Snowpiercer <laughs> is about a class rebellion that takes place uh, in a train in a post-apocalyptic setting. We called it kind of sci-fi. And this was the funny oh, thing about because when we threw out this idea, when we were talking about what movie to do, when Snowpiercer was thrown like as a as an option because 
I think I am one of the two people who watched this movie before. Isal mm. watched it, I know, and I watched it. I, I knew that sci-fi elements of it was very much <laughs> like placeholders to hang ideas around, other than <laughs> yeah. uh, rather than like actual sci-fi elements that that is like intriguing or investigated in this plot. Um, so I was like, um, the, I, I don't think we're going to be able to discuss much around that. And that's, I have a feeling that is kind of what's going to happen here. But the plot of the movie is revol- plot of the movie revolves around this. Haha, <laughs> revolves <laughs> like revolution. <laughs> this rebellion that starts from the uh back of the train the tail. The tail of the train uh that goes to the engine at the very front of the train because as a very <laughs> clumsy metaphor for class struggle this train is compartmentalized in literary classes mm-hmm. and we kind of follow this journey from from the very back to the very front where <laughs> some poor world building is done and we finish on a, again completely on metaphors and not actual investigation of like sci-fi elements or actual plot elements i have a question for you binele yes um why the world was frozen over uh, was that in uh, explained in the movie or it was in other media or is it was it in book Uh, I think they say it in the passing in the movie that it is climate change, but it is also very no. much like hmm. ingrained with the propaganda that is sold within the movie. So you you're never explicitly told what happened. Mm-hmm. All of the all of the world building elements of the movie you hear from like second or third hand accounts, which. Kind of really creates this unreliable narrator feeling mm-hmm. with it, which does not help sometimes because, like I said, the movie is like I'm gonna be. Honest, I think when we watched from everyone's reactions, I think I have the most positive reaction to this movie because I mm-hmm. it, this movie is like very adorable because it's it is very much like I mean, I mean, adorable is like. <laughs> It is adorable because, like, this is the clumsiest, like, the most basic class struggle uh, metaphor you can create a story around. Like, it is very much, really makes you think, doesn't it? Levels of like, what if there was a train? No, it it no, it doesn't. It doesn't make me think. It just makes me get annoyed me a little bit. I mean. I mean, of course, at some point I was questioning what they are they eating? Is this cannibalism or is this kids? Like, are are these our kids? Like, there's those kind of like elements of how can you place a society inside of a train? That's the questioning that I had. Like, how would that work? And can we do it a better way? I was just constantly thinking about that during the movie. Um, I don't know how it was for you guys. I mean, I personally really liked the movie. Binali, I mean, I, I obviously don't know how much you liked the movie, so I can say I liked it more than you. But um, <laughs> no, I love this movie. I really liked the movie, and I agree with the notion that it was an adorable movie. 
But I disagree <laughs> that it's a clumsy metaphor. What I was thinking is about the movie is like like I see the way they want to make some references to social structures, social classes, but uh, it says behind the some logical elements, illogical elements actually, because the way they built the train or the the way they built the world in that sense, there are some things that can't be explained. There are some illogical things like we didn't get the reasons behind. Maybe if they were explained better, we could have uh, not, we could have, we could not, we might not see those things. Like Elif says, like, What uh, what they are eating, how they are living their lives, how they are still surviving actually, and we don't see that, and we don't understand why they are on the train in the first place. Maybe that's a thing they don't want to explain in the first place. Like uh, Binelli said, like maybe uh, they don't need to live on trains in that world, but they are believing uh, so. But maybe. Uh, To explain this, they should have explained us they need to live on this train so bad. But after that, we can learn that they don't need, they didn't have to live on that train for that time. Uh, by the way, okay, spoilers about okay. the movie. Spoilers about the movie. Warning. <laughs> you are warned. But we still don't know actually about uh, in the movie. It's not explained yet. But... Uh, The way I see uh, a, a, um, a better world building, a be- uh, you need to see through the your main characters or your characters' point of view. If they believe believing in, they need to live on this train, for example, or or they need to uh, eat that food to live. It's the best food they can uh, get. We need to see from that perspective. We need to believe in exactly. that. But exactly. But during that time we were watching the film, we were uh, questioning all the things. So mm-hmm. I think the concept can be good uh, because like there are... Actually, it's a book, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they... Uh, the film after... Yes, yes. Co- comic book. Uh, comic book, okay. And I don't know the comic book, so I can't comment about the graphic It's novel same thing. Uh, but there is a tv i mean a netflix series about it as well and i think they can maybe better uh build the world in that uh, mediums but in the movie it there was maybe there wasn't enough time to explain all of this so that we can believe in those things as well but i can as far as i know like i only watched one or two episodes of TV uh, Netflix series and the world didn't get me into it so I stopped watching and afterwards I tried to understand the world and like I watched many YouTube videos about this before watching before long before watching this movie uh, mm-hmm. with you so I only watched uh, some YouTube videos explaining movie and Netflix series and then graphic novel or I don't know I like I was bombarded with information that I still didn't get why they're on the train <laughs> or like how <laughs> I mean exactly how we end up here I uh, I don't un- I didn't understand how train works I mean yep, the re- yep. 
they sh- like it's it should be the first thing they should explain because like if we are living on this train and this is uh, the only life exists in the world now because in the first scenes of the movie they're explaining it and as well as on the Netflix show the it, it's mm-hmm. the intro basically so mm-hmm. um, we need to believe how train works i mean how train uh, the explanation of the uh, how train works to the uh travelers passengers so we um, need to get I, this we don't actually I, need I, to know the real reason the re- real I thing disagree with you Enes because uh, the movie starts at the end of the uh, at, at in the tale uh, and um they they know nothing about the train and but we should start... understand why they get on the first place on the train what they were thinking before getting on the train i, I think th- this is explained in the movie actually i think because um mm-hmm. like I, i i i think i remember people talking it uh, talking about this in the relative start of the movie in the tale that they would have died if they did not get on the train and on that point it, it i like i can understand your intellectual curiosity about why that's the case but Uh, I think what the way movie chooses to portray its stories, um, you don't, you aren't immediately bombarded with all this information like the Russian no- like Russian novels, and instead, what happens <laughs> is as you pro- as you progress, this information is revealed to you. Like yes, you move to the next wagon, and then there are windows, and you can see that everywhere is covered in ice, and then you move a little bit more. And you and you get to the place with the Ellison Pill and the crazy child, like crazy Ellison Pill and the regular children, where you are shown no, that I would say children were crazy as well. Yeah, I, I the agree. people, the pe- oh, every children is kind of crazy. I think so. <laughs> I wouldn't. But you see that the people who tried to escape died, and you see their frozen statues in own in the view. Like, uh, it it is maybe not very direct. You aren't thrown these information like the show maybe does a better job at explaining things the Netflix show but in the movie you are given the information that you require in order to understand what is happening like you see that you see that they're eating some gross mm-hmm. disgusting thing and then later you learn that it's bugs I mean it's and going forward you see the sushi wagon and you are immediately like oh but some people are eating sushi how is that happening Like, exactly. And yeah. I, I also didn't get it why the main character get disgusted from the bugs they were thrown into their food. And he said like, "Oh, you shouldn't tell this to the other people. They can't eat it." Like I completely get disconnected from the movie at that time. Like I when I was watching like when I'm uh, watching a movie, I need to be get inside there. I need to be in the world i need to believe in that is the reality but when i get some illogical thing i get this uh, disconnected and then movie is a joke after that for me i mean like i said the movie isn't necessary i mean binali said this but i said it before the recording uh, the movie isn't necessarily a very uh sci-fi oriented movie it is more of a mm-hmm. social social science fiction kind of like social science is still science so i don't agree that this isn't sci-fi <laughs> but um it isn't what you would expect from a sci-fi movie like there isn't 
like there aren't holograms and high technology flying cars, that kind of thing. But I still think it's sci-fi. They are imagining a particularly different version of the world and they are imagining a society like the way we as the reason we associate sci-fi with spaceships is star wars which is barely a sci-fi movie and star trek which is barely a sci-fi show what i'm uh, my point is not about technology it's about social structure um, social uh, sociology i guess uh, <laughs> the like they can discuss they can get discussed by bugs eating bugs but they don't get get discussed by eating uh, themselves that's the point like they did that but they can't get they can't eat bugs yeah but not everyone was eating people but i think get uh, eating bugs is more superior than eating people or even child no it was kind of mentioned that like before the bugs arrived before we had the protein bar we had to eat ah, that that part no, i don't think they chose eating themselves in the first weeks they were not giving food but they were eager to eat i mean look i agree with ns because that's that's one of my and primary it, like after like in the last part they said oh and it was delicious Yeah. The, I mean, not yeah. delicious, but yeah. uh, children uh, is better to eat. I mean, the young, uh, the younger pe- um, the people, it's better to uh, it's uh, tasteful. So, but they can get discussed eating bugs. Uh, he get discussed. He get uh, yeah. discussed eating bugs. And after uh, the reveal of the protein bar, how the protein bars is made, he didn't eat any of that. Okay, so first of all, I would like to say this as the in conclusion podcast. We don't condone eating people and or children. Uh, but I want to say there's a science behind that. Uh, as you get older, there's this um, chem- chemical accumulation in your body. So it would make sense that younger people would have better taste because the chemical um, accumulation would make you taste worse. I, I can't okay. see how that would happen. I mean, we, that's why we don't eat. Uh, This is the thing. Food. This is the thing, though. In the movie itself, it is explained that the, that was a practice they were able to put behind themselves, and that was 17 years ago. So by the time of the like, Curtis Rebellion, like the by the time the movie happens, this is something they already don't do anymore. So. Yes, for the for that generation, because like we they also talk about how like there are generations on the train that grew up on the train, like they never saw the world without the train. So it is, I think, at least on some level, understandable that he would not want people to like have the, the drawings because he tells the painter guy to not draw that part, to not distribute it to the people. And I think it is on that level understandable, and it is like more seen as a way they are treated rather than the exact method of like, oh, it it is bugs. By the way, uh, about the bugs, I I also agree. It is it's been bugging me as well because <laughs> yeah. you see yeah. the reason we consider bugs <laughs> oh, to be repulsive is thank you again, Elif. Thank you, like. You are a great audience. Um, the reason we find re- bugs, bug eating repulsive is because of 
allegedly the places that bugs hang out at. Yeah, but everybody hangs out at the train. And not just that, but like that quantity of bug, they are probably like they're they aren't catching bugs around the train. They are probably farm raising the bugs. Exactly. So the, I I don't even think the bugs would be disgusting. I think that's. I think in that situation, bug is a perfect valid thing to eat. But actually, think, it's like a, it is represented in many utopias that we will be eating bugs in the future. Like it's the better option they were presenting. There are people who are like maybe one in one hundred percent, like one percent of our audience, who lives in countries that do eat bugs. So I don't, I don't even categorically disagree with. Eating bugs, I, I, like I said, I think it's not mainstream. It's not common as chicken. I mean, we don't usually eat bugs, but I think bug is eatable. Like again, in in such mm-hmm. a situation, I think bug is a perfect valid thing to eat. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what I'm. It's saying. I have a comparable beef. I think the tail people are ungrateful because this is not discussed oh, explicitly. What? This is not discussed explicitly in the movie, but from the surrounding material I noticed. The reason tail people exist is because while the train was departing, there were these people out there who would have died by freezing. And the train let some of them in, in order them to not die. And the way they respond to not dying... Uh, the train did not let them in. They forced their way, way into the train. You, The the wagons that tail people live in are very easy to detach. And honestly, if I was if I was Tilda Swinton, I would have detached tail years ago. But the thing like, this way, like I mean, you um, couldn't because there is only one rail that goes around the world. Everybody on the train died because of tail yeah. people. That's Not how the movie ends. People? Everybody on the train dies. Not exactly, but ev- like. The train were able to, was able to control and continue moving because yeah. of the tail people. Yeah, you know, well, that was no, the that's, premise. That's that's not uh, they true thought at all. it's like they get they use them as a because of the uh, kids because of the kids sword. labor from the. Uh, I mean, that's the weakest part of the movie because yeah. because it doesn't make a lot of sense to like it doesn't make much sense to use kids in that regard and like. That's being the linchpin of the whole story. That oh, this is like this is what we use tail people for, and I think that could have been maybe reinforced by something like stronger. I, I agree. Uh, like I, I think but, a better version of that uh, plot wouldn't be kids have little arms. Therefore, we are stealing tail <laughs> people's kids. But maybe kids' hearts are useful in the machine or something like that. Like, um, How can I explain? This? I think if they were making food out of children, it would be better explained. Uh, exactly. Making food out of children is never a good explanation because of the biomass and how entropy yeah. works. Uh, but on that regard, I I am still not very uh, sold on how the like. I don't think the train makes sense, but I don't think train needs to make sense either. I don't think train needs to make sense, and I think I'm gonna also push back on the. I don't think we need to know. How the daily life on the train works. Like I don't think we have to know how people live on this train a day-to-day basis to make sense of the movie. But how I'm going to understand the main character's struggles? 
The main character Hı-hı. doesn't have a struggle. It's a class struggle. The main character isn't important. That's the that's the point Binali is making. Uh, we don't the characters aren't important in this movie. The important thing is the class struggle. But they frame it that way. They like the the way it's shot is that way. We need to understand their motivations. They are important in the sense that the, in the like in the sense they represent things, not as characters themselves. Like Curtis himself does not have much of a pathos outside the rebellion leader. I mean, that's the whole thing behind also the oh the leader who doesn't want to lead like thing they force onto like Curtis and onto you through the narrative, like. These characters, like Gilliam, Curtis, Nam, these characters all represent players in a class struggle rather than actual characters. Which is why, like, when you get to the end of the movie and you see Wilford, it's very much like a caricature of a character. I, I mean, same is true for the like teacher character, Ellis and Paul plays. Yeah, the upper classes. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh- I think, but uh, I think there's a pr- principal difference between Ellison Pill and Curtis in that uh, I agree with the notion that none of these characters are characters. <laughs> but there's an important distinction, and that look, I am. I don't think I'm a very good actor necessarily. Like if you put me in a movie, I would probably not do a very good job. But um, I think Curtis' character was very bad casting, and like I. I don't know. The, I'm not going to say the guy plays it badly. Maybe he's directed badly. I don't know. But throughout the movie, he he is never not smiling like a high school joke. Like, yes, never, <laughs> ever. Like, the, the guy is always a jack. I am always feeling like there's somebody's going to throw an American football to him and he's going <laughs> to start running, like, across the whole movie. Exactly. Netflix show has much better casting on the, like, the substitute for the Curtis character, like the the black guy with the Rasta, he's he's great at doing that. Like I don't necessarily like the character, but I love the, how the actor portrays the character and how the characters more um, like he can drag people around him. The Curtis character is just thrown there, and I don't See, I don't like that. Korean guys, to... Korean guy is the polar opposite. Korean guy is great. Korean guy is amazing. Amazing. I, I completely agree. His motivations are the stupidest motivation and in the end he kills the whole train, but he's a good character. See, that part I don't uh, I don't agree with, but uh, I think uh, I'm of two minds with Kurt's character. I can see, like, I agree with things you said in terms of casting, like, hmm, does, it, does this character feel like he can actually uh, rally people around him? Curtis in particular, rest of the casting is great. I love Tilda Swinton. I love Alison Pill. Uh, Sean Bean was a better sh- the guy, the Wilford. Sean Bean was a bit better Wilford, but that's not the point. Oh, is Sean Bean Wilford in the series? Yes, yes, it's he's <laughs> and he is great at it. He's I mean, like I love how Sean Bean plays bad guys. Like he's he's so good at this. Like he's both. Genuinely intimidating, but also too charming to resist. He's great at that's like this Wilford, but this Wilford isn't charming. He isn't trying to be charming, so it's fine. Yes, like, um, I think with the Curtis though, that like this, like uh, I would say, hard boiled, like not very charming character, kind of works in that that 
Curtis is very much uh, a fabricated figurehead, right? Like in the text of the movie, he is. He's like propped up by Gilliam, and he's very much a cultist. Gilliam is the Kılıçdaroğlu character, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Played by John Hurt. By the way, John um, Hurt is great actor. Like I, I really love his work. Rest in peace. Um, he died, right? I. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John Hurt is a gr- is playing it great. He's he's good acting. He is acting good, and <laughs> he he plays a good character. Like I mean, not ethically good. Not the type of character I would like or vote for if he ever tra- tried to pull the same thing again. But, <laughs> uh, but I think the Curtis isn't the the case. Like, I think the casting choice was bad for Curtis. Yeah, that's my point. I, I think the Curtis character is too American joke to be like not joke joke like the mm-hmm. like I said American football player. <laughs> <laughs> J-O-C-K To American football player to make sense for that role Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that He was played by Chris Evans, right? Yes, yeah. that is Chris Captain Evans Captain America <laughs> Yeah, exactly who, who is another American football player disguised as a character? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's just weird because Chris Evans does have the range to play other characters Yeah, like, yeah I watched yeah. Knives Out and he's but, great in that Like I said, maybe he's directed badly. I don't know. Um, I I think the styling of Chris Evans was uh, great because he didn't look like the himself. Uh, yeah, like a typical way of mm-hmm. him yeah. being yeah. this blonde, charming. And to add to Izan, yeah. actually, I was thinking about the timeline. Uh, is it before all that uh, Marvel movies? It is before that. Before he no. was, it would be. Uh, Yeah, like it's between because maybe we are seeing Chris Evans as so American joke because uh, we have seen him as a Captain America so much. I mean, honestly, yeah. I haven't reco- I haven't recognized him at all when while watching the movie. What I yeah, recognized same. was this, this uh, large-looking, smiling guy who cannot, like, who wouldn't be able to portray being in a stressful situation if his life depended on it. No offense, Chris Evans. I am sure you are good at stressful situations, but. Consider the Spinelli and other people too. Imagine the guy from Person of Interest played that role. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Do you see how much better that would have been? Like, do you see, or or like Erdal Beşiktaş from Turkey? <laughs> he, he he would have, or or the other guy, like the bad guy. We will from the put show. A, We will definitely put the link of Erdal Beşiktaş in the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, or um, like imagine how insanely better it would have been. If he was playing the that role, he he would have really delivered that uh, problematic uh, situations happening around me, and I'm not happy about this. Like he wouldn't <laughs> be smiling across across a frozen post-apocalyptic world. Okay, but like and looking nice to everybody. I guess like for me, um, I got so distracted the way the train was built, I wasn't able to get into the beef between the classes. I I was so stuck with, okay. From the school, we entered the sex dungeon club. I'm like, where those kids go? Okay, now most of them are dead, but still, like, where does this these kids 
been so far? Maybe, maybe sex dungeon only works during the school hours. Like when the school is over. The uh, the place the um, compartments they use as homes is behind and not not after that. Uh, they they uh, they went through there uh, the uh, horde went through that uh, part uh, without any problems so it was quickly glossed over but the sex dungeons come later. I <laughs> think okay. The, okay. I think the scene that they shot across each other from around the train like they were this, they were mm-hmm. rolling in the circle and they were shooting at each other. I think that happened in the living court compartments. Oh my god, that was such a stupid scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it it is a stupid scene because consider the following. We live in such a train that when you stick your arm out for too long, it freezes over. But they are making holes on the train. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but also That's the later explained part or the later cliffhang part, I guess. What's the cliffhang? Like maybe we like we talked about it during after watching the film. With Pinelli and you actually, uh, maybe like, like they oh, they count the time of seven minutes or so while doing the fro- uh, frozen up uh, scene. So maybe that's the some part of the world that is still cold during the time. So mm-hmm. after that, there were no uh, uh, real danger of like the world is not that cold. It's all a lie. To put people uh, to control people in the train, so they show only that part of, uh, like in the seven minutes window, literally a window. Uh, <laughs> they only sh- <laughs> uh, show that, but after that, there is no real danger of people get, uh, people will die of cold, and at the end of the movie, it still revealed that there is not uh, like. Uh, outside the train, there can still be life, even though it's still cold. And like the also, like it's throughout the movie, there are still uh, it's still snowing. And if the world is co- uh, really frozen, there won't be snowing. There, like there will be snow everywhere, but there won't be uh, a temperature that is like actually allows snow to appear, snow to fall. Yeah, you are probably thinking water wouldn't boil. Like I mean, it doesn't boil, but like water wouldn't evaporate, yeah, exactly. and form the clouds, which then become rainfall, which is uh, which is true but misleading. Like still, like when you think about the Antarctica, there is no snow falling. Like it's basically a desert. Okay, look, uh, there is very little precipitation. Is the word you are looking for? There is very little yeah. precipitation in Arctic. That's true, but. Uh, in in such a situation, what you would see is strong winds lift snow from the ground and move it around. Yes. Hmm. So okay, uh, you would still have clouds and fog in such environment as well, uh, but it wouldn't be water fog, but the type of thing that snow going around. In fact, um, there are various natural hazards you would encounter in a frozen wasteland. One of them is sun um, coming from the sky and shimmering and creating very bright lights which would eventually start harming your eyes and they would wear things similar to sunglasses in order to avoid that uh, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when the british encountered inuit in the northern america inuit people uh, they they 
they lived in a place more hospitable than the one portrayed in the like the place Inuit live the um, the place where Inuit people live isn't covered with snow around the year. It it is only snow snow covers the place about half the year, which is still very inhospitable, but better than the places train goes across. Mm-hmm. And they do all they know all kinds of different tricks to survive in that environment. But before I start saying how everybody on that train is gonna die because of the Korean person, no offense to Korean people, <laughs> I am sure most of them don't kill trains. Um, I want to say this: it is not explained in the movie, and I'm not sure whether it's explained in the book or not. But it is explained in the show, and I'm gonna tell you why the world is covered with snow. Um, you see, there is this highly uh, speculative sci-fi concept that is uh, discussed when we are talking about lowering the temperature to negate the effects of climate change. And it is basically this. We can release very large amount of gases to the atmosphere and make it so that light cannot penetrate. So the temperature is lowered. It is similar to how, you know, after a volcano, there's this volcanic winter or like. Mm. Yes, yes. That concept, but we are doing it on purpose this time in order to lower the temperature. Okay. So mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. setting Snowpiercer is set in is. Humanity <laughs> tried that as a last resort against climate change. And they feel spectacularly. <laughs> they, they, they overshot badly. And now everywhere is covered in snow. And sunlight cannot penetrate oh, wow. because the atmosphere Ooh. is thickened with this uh, failed experiment. Amazing work, team! <laughs> uh, again, well, in I the show, go back to I guess, or maybe please go mm-hmm. to yeah. Sorry. In in the show, before they even start discussing about leaving the train, they do experiments and they do like weather models, mm-hmm. things like that. Not, they, they aren't exploding the train mid-journey and trying to get out. Like, this isn't the mm-hmm. way this is done in the show. <laughs> <laughs> they did great. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, that's the clumsy part of the... When I say clumsy, that's the part I'm talking about, though. Because this train is a perpetual motion engine, right? Which is like a thing that does not exist, but we accept that it exists in this setting. Exactly. Like we are okay. I, mean, I, I convinced myself that there's something nuclear going on and it mm-hmm. wouldn't run out for the next 200 years or so. That's how I ma- made it to make sense in my brain. It is explicitly said to be perpetual engine though. No, they say that, but... But it might um, be just propaganda. Like you're right. That's the thing with the, uh, but the the problem is eternal engine. The the problem with the problem like the clumsy part for me is, for this to be uh, I mean it doesn't have to be that, the front section, exploits slash uses, uh tail section for this to be a story about clusterville, but the way they did it was they do do that but it is the like most convoluted unnecessary way which is like stealing the children and using them as engine gear parts which like 
they don't even have to do. Really, like this is a train that is that has, like, I am assuming more than a thousand cars. Like that's also they, never discussed in uh, like during the movie. We never see the train from front to the tail in order to keep keep the exact length mysterious. I think it's a cinematic trick. Yes, I think it is mm-hmm, intended mm-hmm. to be. But the thing is, again, the the reason I call it clumsy is because, like I said, you don't have to make it so that front exploits the uh, tail section for anything other than like because they can. Like you don't have to make it so like the train depends on tail section. But the way they made it depends on tail section, and their exploitation was like very weak. And I mean. The way, uh, I don't know how you guys said, I mean, you, you, Inifan and NS already talked about being distracted by, like, the train's logistics to pay much more attention to the, like, the social aspect of it. So I don't know how you guys kind of saw it, and I think this is the part we say most with John Dennis, in terms of Nam and his motivations. But like I said, this is very much characters as ideologies kind of movie where mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. on one hand have Wilford, on other hand have Curtis, and on the other, like on a separate spectrum of it, you have Nam, the Korean guy. And while Kurt, this is Curtis's rebellion, while this is a class rebellion, during the movie, you have you you get shown like through visual storytelling and through dialogue that the tail section revolution is not like very like this oh like wholesome heartwarming like we are taking power back kind of revolution they're very much intending to we are going to be the front people kind of rebellion yes it's replaced- I, think, I think i think like you can see that in like the sushi car the way like they actors to the Swinton character. You can see that in their dialogue making it to the like making it to the front. Uh and I mean you can see that in the very end because Curtis was very much like almost okay with like going ahead with Wilford's plan and becoming the head of the train. Like he was completely broken at that point. How how much till he saw the suffering kid which was very again again i do not does that make much sense no but again i blame the clumsiness of that whole thing on it like it is kind of laughable that he he gets this like return he gets this change of mind because he's he sees that children but the fact that that children are there and used as the gear parts is the clumsy part to me. So that is why I can I think like, excuse a bit. By, by the way, like uh, in the movie, uh, Wilfred says that, oh, oh, Curtis, you are the first one to come to tail to the head of like the mm-hmm. uh, com- main compartment. Like he, he is the American dream. He is the successor who made it from nothing and came and to the top. Successor you know? means like, the person who comes after the other person. He's oh, the successful. 
Is that yeah, it? sorry. Embarrassing, <laughs> but okay. The, listen, the real thing is actually he's not the first one. Tim is the first one. Maybe maybe the other children was the first ones who come to oh, the main yeah, compartment yeah. from tail to there. You, you are right. We found the plot hole. We found the plot hole. The movie, bad movie. Cinema scenes. Ding. Now look. Yeah, but to be fair, Wilfred doesn't see those children as people. They are, they are machine parts. Look. Here is the thing that I think everybody in the train is stupid about. We see that like in the start of the movie, I am okay with the concept because like the tail eating itself, yeah, uh, especially when people are put in a situation where they need to kill in order to survive. And this is why the first season of Squid Game was very good and the reality show is not very smart about its premise. You mm-hmm. see that. When people are put in a situation where they need to kill other people in order to themselves survive, we, we would expect them to do that. However, here's the thing. Wilford doesn't put children in the engine because he is a, psych- he is a sadistic person. Yep. He is doing this so that everybody in the train doesn't die. Yeah. And I don't think uh, let's not put children in the place and let everybody die is the right solution to this problem. <laughs> put in the Again. same situation. Put in the same situation. I would hate the fact that I am killing children in order to keep the humanity alive. But I think it is the responsible thing to do is not dying. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and I I don't even think there's anything any I don't even think there's a moral problem with this. Like you can maybe talk about the way you choose exclusively the tail children is a problem. You should also be putting rich children to the place. But I I don't think putting children from the Wilfred's perspective. I mean, just take it from the Wilfred's perspective. If he knows the train is a uh, fox thing, like. You don't need, uh, you don't really need train to live, because the world is not that dangerous. If you know that, and still use children to control people to believe in, to make them believe in, that's the only uh, solution to live. Like there is no life outside. If you make, if you want to control this, and use children to still uh, co- uh, continue this, you're doing bad. If we, I think Wilford knows that there is life outside. First of all, throughout the movie, we are never given a single reason to believe that Wilford thinks there is life outside. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So I don't think that's I don't think that makes sense. Uh, and like in the show again, this is handled slightly better because they have scientific reasons, like mm-hmm. they they do measurements and such, and they are relatively certain when there is whether it is safe to go outside or not um and i all, i also think the the korean guys reasoning like even if you can go out and there's there are polar bears outside i don't think it is better than staying in a train where you can safely eat bugs like some things can survive even if some things can survive outside it will almost certainly not be you Like you can't survive in a place where polar bears survive. And by the way, polar bears shouldn't be alive, but that's a whole other thing. I mean, yeah. like they can use the resources of the train. There are so many railways around. 
They, they exploded use... the train. There is no train anymore. I mean, they are gonna die. <laughs> and create a city and a town to live uh, in a safety environment. Look, I, lo- I love Frostpunk. It's a great game. Same. I think. I think the thing is, they could have like. The thing is, the perspective is, Wilford could have easily stopped the train to let the people. Like this is the problem when I say again clumsy, the when you could have look uh, you could look at it from the perspective of like if we could stop the straight and let people go so that mm-hmm. uh like they can try to survive outside when now the weather is survivable right but he continues to exploit them but the way he exploits them is like so out of any like proportion because like. I'm sorry. Using this is the biggest like linchpin of the movie, like using children as gear parts in a in a one wagon engine, and it's like that does not like that does not get into the proportion of like the unnecessary exploitation tail end goes, mm-hmm. and it doesn't also like it doesn't also justify the. Uh, entire premise of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, this is a train that is depicting a closed class struggle situation which is why the most important parts of like not I'm not not most important I'm sorry most interesting parts of the movie is like the teacher wagon where you see how the brainwashing of Wilford goes exactly like, yes this is the problem with the movie I think in a sense that Apart from Nam, Tail, <laughs> this I I feel horrible for saying this, but apart from Nam, the Tail people care Tail people characters matter so little in terms of pathos. Like Nam is not a Tail person. Uh, Nam is Nam lives in the train, but is treated yeah. badly by the train. He isn't a Tail person. He he's yeah. he is one of the essential crew. That's why he knows about gates. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing is, again, I cannot look at it like I cannot look at this movie fully from like a oh this makes sense this world building makes sense this world building works out etc. part. So I am looking at the class struggle ideology part, right? And the reason I can stand with I can stand with the uh, stand with Nam's perspective and his motivations is. When we look at this on a purely like class war, class struggle basis, we have on one hand Wilford who is brainwashing people that he is needed, his engine is needed, and his engine and his train must run at any cost. I don't think it's, it's his, his train. train. Is it he the one train. who made it? It is his train. It is his train. Everybody else in the humanity died. But Wilfred and his people didn't because he built a train, and that's the way Binali is talking about this guy. But please continue. Uh, I mean, that doesn't change the fact that he is actively brainwashing people, and it's a seventeen years in, and it is like life exists. I also didn't understand the way they get on train as well. Like I think, like uh, climate change does not happen instantly, like. The world didn't fro- get frozen 
I mean, where it didn't get frozen like instantly at one time. They when they get up, uh, board on when they boarding the train. Like, do you remember the movie 2012? Like the world was going like a big tsunami or so. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the ocean were grazing. And they need to get on the boats immediately or they'll die. And also they uh, let some of the people to uh, board on the uh, boat at the time. You are... You are talking about the movie which the scientific explanation was neutrinos have mutated and they are heating the planet, right? That's the movie you are talking about. God, God damn it, there are brains special about that movie. I mean, the movie was uh, bad. Uh, the movie was big. So I thought, <laughs> like... Like I, I don't want to compare this movie with that movie. That's what I'm like. I don't want to do that. So I want some kind of explanation around. Mm -hmm. So uh, first thing is that mm -hmm. the second uh, second thing is like I don't really understand how life continues throughout the time of the 17 years because I thought maybe if they're boarding earlier than the frozen like things going really bad, there will be still people around. Like in the first five years or so, or two years or so, for example. So how they were seeing, perceiving the train and the railways, how they're interacting with the railways, uh, the rail lines, actually. Why they don't use fire? Like why people didn't use fire? Is everything like is making fire impossible? Can you, can you be more specific? Like just. The frozen age existed and our ancestors were able Ice to age. make a fire. Yeah, like the frozen age is a movie franchise, sorry. <laughs> That's one of the weaknesses of the uh, movie. I I still vehemently believe that even if polar bears can survive 17 years later, they would have died in between. But yeah. But I think that is the point that the life outside never stopped. The scientific explanation uh, behind the coldening of the world is that there's an experiment that gone wrong and like in maybe one or two years time the whole world is frozen over Wilford as a scientist and a rich person Wilford is like this uh, Twitter opening Elon Musk <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't gonna say name anyway um, guys you're being ridiculous the train actually works as a rich and smart person Wilford saw that this was gonna happen in advance and build a train in order to avoid this Okay, okay. First, 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 that's not what happened. Wilford was uh, obsessed with trains and he mm. made the train before this was gonna happen. And uh, when they learned about the uh, coldening, they re uh, they made changes to the train so it would still mm. work after the cold. Uh, the train the train was made self-sufficient even before the... Uh, World going... The... Yeah. Apocalypse in yeah. quotes happens. That makes more sense. Oh yes, you, you wouldn't know this in the movie, but the rail track is actually built in such a way that you would see all the important landmarks of the world in a single round. And the train would go, uh, and one so, round would mm -hmm. take one year. Like when you see the same landmark again, a year has passed. So it makes sense. Like if they were get on mm -hmm. board with the uh, people who believe the world going to be ruined after some time, And the uh, tail people, after like tail people can be the people 
who like after the world gate uh, getting colder and they jumped into train afterwards during the, the train's uh, move, maybe. Maybe they are the last people who... I think most of them were the laborers who built the train, like the people who li- who worked in the no, compound. No, not, not, not all. Uh, in the... Uh, wait, uh, in the show, um, the people who built the train are uh, third-class passengers. Oh yeah, because there are more classes in the show. Like yeah. there isn't just tail people and the sushi people. There are middle middle people. Working class. Like they they, they yeah. more closely resemble a class struggle where there's a middle class that is not very I mean, if we were to go with the class struggle, like Marx would argue there is no middle class and it's basically two classes. Yes. One one, one of many reasons why like, Marx is wrong. We don't... Yes. But not exclusively I mean, but like in no like if you were to read it in that lens uh, quickly, like eventually you, like the actual top one percent in this case, like the the head is probably the the capitalists and the bourgeoisie, and I guess that's the part when I when I feel like it kind of representative of like it utilizes a lot of different class uh, representations, like being gear being an actual machine part and like the newer generations being born into it and the only way to get out of the struggle is to destroy the master's tool um but for what cause is like the 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 final message i'm kind of lost with like okay we're going to start a new society with new order whatever is that might look like but the polar bears is outside and I have a kid that's supposed to be my brother almost. And I'm a young woman and we are racially ambiguous. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, there were so many coding happening. At no, the no, I don't know what you mean, actually. <laughs> no? I, don't, I don't have a single clue what you mean, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I I, I kind of understand. I kind of understand what you are saying. I think what you are saying is, and I agree with you, Elif, they have tried to bend the story in such a way that um, in order class struggle to make sense, everything else doesn't. Yes, like, exactly. Exactly. Yes, in, that's the, in, yes. in order to yes. in order to emphasize the class struggle, they they needed to make such a setting that uh, as NS doesn't find the setting realistic because in order cl- in order the class struggle metaphor to make sense, you would need to create a scenario so unrealistic that it would be like there's this Turkish phrase, it stays with your hand wherever you hold it from, like it's breaking apart as you are holding it. There's Natusan elinde kalıyor. That that is the type of setting we have because of that. You say that, but I think it's completely opposite because. They didn't even make like they they built in all these things that doesn't make sense, and they don't even help you get the class struggle because, like I said, there is no real exploitation that continues. It's happening. Yeah, I I think I think the, the greatest problem, mm-hmm, the kind of the on the problem I have with the whole premise of the stories, and this was. Also true in the show, but much more so in here. Uh, in the movie is 
Do you know the rebellion they are referring to that ended up with bullets being run out that they yes. passingly mentioned at the start of the yeah. movie? Yes, yes. Exactly. Yet there were still bullets left. I need more bullets. <laughs> Not my point. Uh, I don't think there is there exists a single human being in charge of that train. Like I would, you can pick whomever from the society. I don't think there's a single human being that wouldn't have severed the tail at that point in time. Because, yes. uh, like, because at that time you, at that time the ch- children requiring wasn't even a thing back then. But no, but no, the thing is, at the end of the movie, it is explained that that alongside every other rebellion was motivated, like, from the front. Oh, oh yeah, the Kalichtarol person explains this. Um, <laughs> no, the Wilford person explains this. They are they 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 are they are so working together that it does, it's, I can't even differentiate anymore. <laughs> But again, like that's the clumsy parts, and this is why <laughs> because the why... system is broken and the system itself is recreating itself. And even though if you want to save the train, you cannot really save the train because it's been. Created for that specific system. Oh, and by the way, yes, I, I would. I really want to retort to NS on that regard. There isn't a point. <laughs> Binali is more right in this. Uh, I don't think anybody on the train wants to get out except Nam. Nam is the only person who wants to get out of the train. I think everybody else is very happy in the train. Also, yep. Or yep. or the people who get uh, outside the train already uh, have left the train. I think this is perfectly addressed in the third season of the Netflix show, this, the same conflict. <laughs> But there, it, it isn't like... Uh, like I really like the third season of the Snowpiercer show in Netflix. I think the, the people who has problems with the movie can watch the Netflix show and their problems will disappear. That's my, that's my general um, opinion the, about the movie. That's the thing, though. Again... That's what what we're. That's what I was talking about. Though, the thing is again the characters and what they represent us. We put this like tail versus front thing, and like I said, tail's objective is very explicit to take over. It isn't like it is not bringing justice. It is working it is, class will take over. It's not even working class. It's not. It's not even that. It's that we will be the ruling class. It's not the working class. They are not working. And we don't see the working class struggle as well. Like, you yeah, don't... that's the thing. Like, that's why I'm so pissed with this movie. Yeah. By the way, we don't see the motivations of the tail people because everybody from the tail who isn't Curtis no, is dead. No team. Only by team. The end of the movie. Like, maybe the other people would have team different opinions. A... We don't know because they team die. Me. Also, like with wisdom, Tim is the a, a small kid. Tim died, but, who but worked in the head compartment. Dead. The main reason, <laughs> save my kid, Curtis. Okay, he's not dead. He's yeah. alive, but his mother is dead. Like the wo- the woman who is Tim's mother wants his, her child back. Like she doesn't care about the class struggle. She only wants to take her child. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but she died, so her motivations no longer matter. If there is only two children working in the head compartment, it's so so nice for 17 years. I think like uh, it is my understanding that you would need to change it every few months. But but like I said, I think you would sacrifice children so that the humanity survives. I think that's a I, I, I would have done it. I think everybody would have done it. I don't understand like how much they can uh, use a, ch- a cat 
uh, for some extent, like maybe five minutes or so. Like obviously, it would depend on the kid. Like different kids have different properties. So I wouldn't say minutes because minutes would have like we would have been locked. I mean, they would have been locked at. Like maybe I think maybe like few months or so. Is But the... like uh, with a kid, like you are putting a kid in the uh, small <laughs> part, and you want a repetitive task. Uh, they want you. Uh, you want them to do a repetitive task uh, for how long? I don't know. You don't give them food. Do you give them food? That's the voice actors in Nickelodeon. <laughs> uh, how they meet their needs? Uh, how can like how do they pee and stuff? Like how they do those and how what they're eating? Like there should be some times and breaks, and also they like they need to do that continuously, in a way. But my point is that. Uh, there, if there is more pe- uh, cats or children in the head compartment, they are also living again. Cat? Oh, so what you are saying is, if there were like one no, hundred children and much. they worked in very short no. shifts, nobody would oh. have died. Oh, no, but that's what you are saying essentially, is right? Like if you had a large quantity of children that worked with short shifts, they would have overall survived longer. Maybe. That's what you are saying. <laughs> Not that. Yeah, but the point is, and I, I am t- I am taking Enes with me. He he is like me. He is okay with sacrificing children in order to keep humanity alive. He he is just he, he wants to optimize the sacrifice children are making. And I I am with, I am taking Enes to my train and like make them believe that like like also if like if you create a, a currency and make them believe that they are doing nice and if you pay them <laughs> and. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, like uh, like I said, I uh, and it's perfect. By the way, like I want, I, I want in my <laughs> Like I'm completely out of topic. Uh, now I will talk about. Uh, I looked at IMDb IMDb page of Chris Evans, and he took the first uh, Captain America film before the Snowpiercer movie, and. Like as you may know, or if you watched, I didn't watch. Uh, he get fro- like defrosted. Am I right in the first movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. yeah, he. <laughs> ah, because because nobody survived. Everybody died And... except for Chris Evans, who got defrosted <laughs> later. Yes, this is great time continuity. I didn't watch that movie. Like after first three Captain America movies, not the first, uh, Captain America, two Captain America movie, one Avenger movie, and he played as a Mister Freezy in the movie called The Iceman. I like I, there's a pattern with Chris Evans, I think, like because the second movie, uh, second Captain America is Winter Soldier, which is like, you know, he knows about Winter Soldiering. Ah, first like. Avenger, Super Soldier, and the Avengers. Uh, and the move, the next movie is the Iceman, as the, with the role of Mr. Freezy. <laughs> and like, uh, like Whoa. I'm okay with the casting of Chris Evans now. And also, <laughs> I, I want to my, my concluding remarks is, I like the guy playing Nam. I think he plays it quite well too. But I think. Um, the motivation of leaving the train in order to create a new society is both at the same time the least developed motive in the entire movie 
and is the conclusion of the movie. So I think maybe there's a bit of a problem here. Like I understand that I understand that the messages break the chains, but uh, what the chains are and the uh, rationale to break them isn't well explored in the movie. Like the main thesis of the movie is the least explored thesis in the movie. All the other yes. thesis thesis are think, more explained. Again, I yes. think I think the class metaphor is uh so clumsy that the break the chains motivation of nam like break the wheel break the system yeah motivation of nam feels the most out of place one even though it yeah. is still the, the one i more yeah. sympathize with and that like, is why my closing remarks would be mm-hmm. if 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 you want and actually not clumsy because i again this movie is adorable i love this movie but if you want If you want a non-clumsy clustergle movie from the same director, go watch Parasite. It is so <laughs> yeah. much better. Oh, It is yes. infinitely better. <laughs> Parasite is basically if Weapons of the Week was a movie. Like that's that's the experience you are getting. Uh, did you finish watching it? Because I only watched. Half no, but I I see where it's like I want to uh, maybe we should we we should for the next holiday yeah. season we should do the Parasite. <laughs> I watched five. <laughs> yeah. If you like this episode, please subscribe us or follow us on our social media accounts as well, and uh, and say what you are thinking about the, uh, this kind of episode that we are talking about movies or such. We are commenting commenting about those. Also, you can kinda do anything. <laughs> you can do anything on social media. And <laughs> wow! And yes, do that. Yeah, like if if the world freezes over and you are stuck in a tail of a train, you wouldn't be able to do those things. So comment while <laughs> you still can. By the way, in conclusion, has reached 500 listens. Thank everybody for their contribution to that number. Yay! Bye bye. Thank you.